Good evening, and happy 4th of July, and welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley, hosted by WDIY and the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission, a program to discuss how our community is building the future. I'm your host, Greg Caponia, and I welcome back Becky Bradley, the Executive Director of the Planning Commission, and Matt Assad, its Managing Editor. Welcome, Becky and Matt. Good evening. Good evening. This evening, we're going to discuss multi-municipal comprehensive planning, which allows several municipalities to develop a comprehensive plan together while maintaining their local autonomy. Tonight, we welcome our guest, Brian Carl. Brian manages the rural communities of Low Hill and Weisenberg Townships. Brian Carl also chairs the steering committee of the Six Community Northern Lehigh Comprehensive Plan. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Uh, good evening, everyone. Brian, you are also a volunteer firefighter, aren't you? Uh, yes, for quite a few years. Hey, before we get into planning, just one quick question. It's an important job that you do uh, as a volunteer firefighter. Do volunteer fire departments in general need more firefighters? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's not just necessarily the, the firefighters running into burning buildings. These organizations are essentially like small businesses, so you need uh, folks to pay bills, to, to help with maintenance of the building, the equipment, community outreach programs. Uh, there's a lot of uh, roles to fill, and there's unfortunately just not many people these days to fill those roles. So if you're one, in one of these communities, do you just uh, look for the volunteer fire department phone number, or what do you, how do you call if you want to help out? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You get in the, most of my Facebook pages, uh, you know, websites, reach out to your municipality. Typically, most of them train at least one night a week. You know, in our situation uh, out in western Lehigh County, uh, Weisenberg and Nutripoli, Germansville, Lindport, we all train Monday evenings. Oglesville, as some of the others, uh, they train Tuesday evenings. You can just stop by, knock on the door, introduce yourself, and, and look around. They'd be more than happy to to show you around and explain, uh, you know, some of the things that they need help with. All right. Thank you. Matt, the idea of multi-municipal planning is probably foreign to most people. Can you explain what this is? Sure. These tend to be done by communities that are in the same region. Uh, they often share borders. Uh, for instance, Brian's is in northern Lehigh. They, most of them sort of touch. They're facing the same issues. Um, through the multi-municipal comprehensive plan, the communities can identify common priorities and goals. They can work together to tackle common issues. Uh, that can be anything from transportation to housing to municipal services, land use, and development. They still keep their autonomy. They still have their own zoning. Uh, but it allows them to set this legal framework so that they can work together on key issues. Every municipal, uh, multi-municipal plan is, is unique and they're different, but often communities end up sharing costs for services or, or sharing personnel or buying equipment together. Uh, and the big thing these days is they can sort of join together to better control the development pressure they're all facing right now. Uh, most people don't realize it, but Pennsylvania is a right-to-develop state, and it kind of gives a lot of power to developers. These plans help sort of level the playing field for municipalities. Becky, can you give me an idea of an issue that would need this type of collaboration? 
Oh, uh, these days, what doesn't? But I really think yeah. that there are two big ones. And I'll go ahead and, and start with the, uh, the most uh, controversial, the industrial development that's happening in the Lehigh Valley. So as Matt mentioned, Pennsylvania is a right to develop state. So if you have just a single community comprehensive plan, and every community in Pennsylvania is required to have a comprehensive plan, or if they don't, then our regional plan or the county comprehensive plan, in our case it's bi-county, becomes their plan. So every community in the Lehigh Valley actually has a comprehensive plan, some of them multi-municipal, some of them single municipal. And why this is important is if you have a single community comprehensive plan, you have to account for every land use that you can think of. And that obviously is problematic if you don't have a lot of space or you don't have a lot of infrastructure to support um, things like um, uh, a high cube automated warehouse that's 120 feet um, and needs uh, significant amounts of uh, water and sewer capacity, electricity, or other things. And then the other other one that's uh, really emerged, well, it's been emerged for a while, but it's, it's definitely changed. The issues have changed, is housing. So everyone wants to keep our open space. They are valuing our agricultural economy, farmers, farming, and then the farmland that supports that. But if we keep adding population into the region, um, where are people going to build? So if we don't add density into places where we have good sewer and water, access to public education, um, thing, uh, access to qual high-quality broadband, other things, then you really can't support development in those locations. That then creates challenges if you're in a single community plan because maybe you want to keep your farmland, but you can't if you have to develop it because the state law basically says you have to earmark it for development. So when communities work together, they can spread those uses across that group of communities. So like in, Brian's got a great example of how he's been able to navigate that with the industrial market in Weisenberg. Well, Brian, first of all, is this an elected position? or Is this something you apply for? It sounds pretty complicated. I'm an employee here. I, I'm okay. the manager of the township. I'm the zoning officer, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, uh, as far as the uh, the chairing our Northern Lehigh Multi Municipal uh, Steering Committee, that that was I think I might have drew the short straw, but um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's uh, you know our our goal is to keep this thing rolling. We have a uh, an existing plan in place from the early 2000s. So we're a little unique from some of the other communities out there in the valley where, you know, maybe they recently uh, uh, adopted a new plan or are working on their first plan. We're actually doing an update. So this was an important thing for, for our community to do, so I was happy to try to run with this. Becky, tell us more about the plan. Yeah, so we're actually the consultant for the group of Northern Lehigh communities, which is Brian's two townships, and he's unique because he actually manages two townships. So he has Low Hill and Weisenberg, but Washington Township, Lehigh County, uh, Heidelberg, and Lynn Townships are part of it, as well as the borough of Sladington. So there's six, uh, six communities that have come together to update that, that plan. We do have a first draft um, out, and we're just about to release uh, the final draft for public review 
and comment. Um, but I think one of the, the things that Brian mentioned, which is really important, is this is an update to an existing plan. And if you go to Lynn Township, Heidelberg Township, Washington, Low Hill, or Weisenberg Township, you'll notice that it has a lot of farmland. Well, why is that? Because they prioritized that over a decade ago is what they wanted um, to do. They wanted to maintain that legacy of farming um, and to support the agricultural economy that existed and to drive uh, their development to areas where it made sense, like up against I-78 in Weisenberg Township at an existing interchange or over in um, to Sladington Borough and then some of the roads going through Washington Township that lead to Sladington. So, and to support those rural villages that existed with the, the smaller scale yet more dense development, places like Germansville, Nutripoli, Jacksonville, or Wanamakers, Slatedale, those sorts of, of, of places that have more traditional, more walkable development patterns. You can see the power of that multi-municipal plan um, in those communities today, where other communities that weren't in multi-municipal efforts don't have the, the level of, of, of farmland and have more of a hodgepodge development pattern. Um, and so this update is extremely important to this group of communities because it helps them continue to maintain what they can support. And I think one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about, they're like, oh, a comprehensive plan, it's complicated, it takes a lot of time to do, it's just a set of goals and policies. Mm -hmm. And Well, it isn't. Um, because it really is your strategy, which then you tie specific actions to for implementation. So if you don't have this plan, which is your guidebook, it's, it's not a prescription, it's a guidebook. Um, you can't write then your prescriptions for yourself. And the other, I think, thing that's really important is comprehensive plans, if they're done well um, and serve as a good guide, guidebook, they will help reduce tax burden because they'll think about where things go and how they interrelate with one another to ultimately reduce costs. Brian, looking 10 years ahead, what are some things that people might see in your area that might be a little bit different now? What might be changing for the good? Well, even when you have a, a multi-municipal plan, we can't stop development. We can't stop change, uh, but we can certainly uh, control it to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, as Becky had said, I think this past decade is some proof that the plan that we, we implemented back in the early 2000s has worked. There, there's not a lot of high-density housing up here. The more commercial, industrial-type uses are situated along you know, I-78 and Weisenberg, uh, and a lot of the farmland has been protected. Our goal is to maintain the open space, maintain the farmland. You're going to see some things pop up, and you know we just live in this Lehigh Valley area, which is very desirable to you know folks who want to move into the area and build new homes or businesses that want to be here, and and we understand that, but, you know, we, we can't stop that, but we certainly can, can control it. So you're going to see some things pop up, hopefully not to the extent of some of our neighboring communities. Well, growth can be good as it supports the community and uh, the needs of the community. Um, certainly if people are going to do a little bit more work in your area, they have to have a place to live, don't they? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and and. and Change is not bad. 
you know, growth is not bad. Um, if it um, aligns with the, the goals and the interests of, of everyone that's here. So, Becky, take us inside one of these meetings, and for our listeners, there's a road or a pipe that needs to traverse all through these areas. How do you start this conversation? Well, we've already got that uh, mapped out, and we already know where that is vis-a-vis the comprehensive plan. And then when somebody goes to develop, they would first file with zoning uh, application with the local government to see whatever use that they would want, if that's allowable in that location. Um, And then from there, they would go and file a development plan with that individual municipality and go through their planning commission. Or in the case of the northern uh, Lehigh communities, it would ultimately be voted on by either the township supervisors or borough council. So at the end of the day, there's a, a, a very deliberative process, uh, and this underscores why the guidebook of, of a comprehensive plan, which is really what it is, it's, it's a guidebook, becomes so important because it sets the direction that then the laws um, that support or maybe support or don't support something that someone would want to do uh, fall under that umbrella and are tied to it. So. It's a very deliberate and complex system in Pennsylvania for uh, land use and development, which ultimately starts with these important plans. So, Brian, can you give us an example of some success you've had with this type of collaboration? Sure. So in our current plan that we have that was adopted back in the early 2000s, at least for our two southern townships here of Weisenberg and Low Hill, the main push was against high-density housing. You know, apartments, townhouses, uh, sucking up the farmland, and uh, and lots of development. We just uh, we have very limited public water and sewer out here. The, the roads are, are narrow, and uh, a lot of these areas um, just really could not support that type of development. Whereas maybe some other areas could. You know, some of the little villages and some of the other townships, uh, the borough of Slavington, things like that. And, uh, you know, if you drive around Weisenberg and Low Hill today, there are no townhome developments. There are no uh, apartment buildings or, or anything like that. And uh, just because it is difficult for us to support those types of use. Do all the people in your committee have the same feeling about growth, or is there quite a bit of discussion that goes on between your communities? Well, so uh, we make up six municipalities, as we had mentioned earlier. It's a very large area of the county. It's uh, you know about 38% of Lehigh County. So it's pretty safe to say, based on uh, the public input that we got and the uh, folks that are on our, our um, boards, everyone really wanted to try to preserve the farmland, preserve the open space in this northwestern Lehigh corner of the, the town, of the um, the section. So that's Weisenberg, Low Hill, Heidelberg, Lynn. Pretty much uh, the same thing in most of Washington. And then we kind of got the sense that we wanted to maybe push a little bit of development up and and revitalize some of the areas uh, of the the small villages in Washington and uh, Slatington Borough. So by having a plan like this, maybe we can direct some of that, that type of development up there and preserve some of these open spaces in the other communities. Becky, what do, you, what do you think of the greatest benefits of planning as a region? Greatest benefits is, is it allows you to figure out, you know, what your priorities are. Um, and then the practical components that 
um, either support or don't support those priorities. And if they don't support those priorities, then you really need to reassess your priorities. And really that's what comprehensive plans do, is they're a practical application of what is attainable in a place. And, you know, we talked a lot about how the infrastructure doesn't exist for high-density housing in certain locations in the northern uh, Lehigh area. But in other places, it does support that um, because there's sewer and water and a better road infrastructure and all of those things, uh, Wi-Fi connectivity or uh, broadband connectivity and other things that are important to support more people in a place right? Mm -hmm. So that's super important. But one of the things I think is very important, and this is definitely um, an attitude situation, is some people, not all people, look out at a field and say, growth is good. This is a great place to build here, that green field develop here mentality. Mm -hmm. But what you have to realize is, is that green field is a productive part of our economy. If it is in active farming, it is actually providing tax revenue, jobs, food, uh, hay crops for animals and other things that are critically important to life. And so it isn't just a piece of land to be built on. It is an economic engine that supports a certain part of our society and our world. Um, you know, no food, no farm, or no farms, no food, right? Um, that is real in the most base sense of, of the, the terminology. But another thing I think is important is people will look out over wooded land and say, oh, my gosh, you know, if we whacked all these trees down um, and we sold off the lumber, uh, that this would be a great place to build. But what they might not realize is that those trees actually provide critical habitat that help uh, with our water quality um, and maintaining our floodplains and other things that stop erosion, keep our water clean so we can drink it, um, manage flooding so we don't have larger downstream issues in places like South Whitehall or North Whitehall or even into the city of Allentown. Um, the natural system services that the northern Lehigh area provides to the entire region are tremendous. For example, a significant portion of uh, our developed area in the Lehigh Valley's water supply comes out of the watershed in northern Lehigh. So if we start building on those locations, then that creates additional competition in our developed areas like Allentown or Upper Mukunji or Lower Mukunji and other places um, because these are being fed by then the watersheds and the aquifers that exist in these more naturalized places that need to remain um, more um, uh, wooded, need to be, uh, remain more naturalized so we can continue to have quality, clean water and even available water. I think the other thing that's important is a lot of our wooded lands um, and a lot of our floodplains and other things provide a huge amount of air quality benefits as well. And especially since we're in a valley where polluted air gets trapped, right, um, and because we have such strong growth in uh, the industrial sector as well as new people coming here, that leads to more carbon emissions. And so you have to have large areas set aside to help then with uh, air quality improvements. So it's a whole system of looking at place. 
and it's not necessarily obvious. Becky, does do the development pressures that face this region, would you say that these, this is the, the primary pressure that you face right now is the preservation of these spaces? Well, the, yeah, it's a whole series of interrelated pressures. I, th- I think that's, that's the most accurate way to say it. Um, when you have 21,000 people um, come into the Lehigh Valley in a single year uh, because of the shutdowns in uh, 2020, in March 2020, some of those people have left, but we had a lot of people like move in temporarily and then go. But if you're uh, increasing your population by 4,000 persons per year sustained for over 60 years, demand is up. Then we have a business growth to go along with the population growth, and that creates competition um, for space, for resources, for all of these things. Um, and so, you know, you have to really look at how all that ties together. Um, and the Lehigh Valley residents and businesses, time over time, we do um, uh, surveys roughly every two to three years, public opinion surveys. And seriously, for the last 20 years, every time the environment has come up is the highest priority. Um, the environmental management, clean air, clean water uh, for our region. Uh, so that then ties into other things like open space preservation, parks, rec, and open space, supporting our agricultural economy. That comes up at the top of the list as well. And, um, you know, these are all statistically valid surveys, and so you're having thousands and thousands and thousands of people and businesses responding to these. They're telling us what their priorities are, and their priorities have been consistent. Becky, regional collaboration, as we're talking about right now, are other communities doing this? Is this, a, is this something that's emerging more? Oh, my gosh, yes, absolutely. In fact, um, Matt... Uh, and I have been working along with the team here with um, four other groups of, of communities. Uh, the Southwest Lehigh Group finished up their plan a few years ago. That is uh, Lower McCungee, Upper Milford, Lower Milford, McCungee Borough, Albertus Borough, Mayus Borough too. Uh, they have uh, a multi-municipal comprehensive plan, which is really a growth management plan because they had had so much uh, rapid development. Um, the Nazareth area communities, they're updating a plan that was written about the same time as the Northern Lehigh plan. That's 10 communities. It includes Bass, Chapman, Nazareth, Stockertown, Tatamy, uh, Bushkill, Lower Nazareth, Moore, Upper Nazareth, and Hanover Township, Northampton County. Their plan is in final draft form now and actually out for public review and comment. The Slate Belt area, that's another 10 communities. Um, that one's a new planning effort. And that's Bangor, East Bangor, Penn Argyll, Portland Borough, Rosetto, Wind Gap, Lower Mount Bethel, Plainfield, Upper Mount Bethel, and Washington Township, Northampton County. And then last but not least, uh, the River Central communities. This is another new plan where they're starting to see the value of uh, planning together. That's five communities, and it's the borough of Catasauqua, North Catasauqua, and Northampton, along with East Allen and uh, Hanover Township, uh, Lehigh County. So we have some existing efforts where they've seen some definite benefits and are do, have done updates or are doing updates right now to their plans. And then we have some new areas that are emerging saying, hey, you know what, we really are better creating a guidebook uh, together for our communities and then going back and crafting our individual ordinances to then help implement the policies. 
So the process is you you really create a, a wider strategy and that everybody agrees with, and then you implement the the plans or talk about the plans. Yeah, and I mean part of this too, which I think is very interesting, and, and that there's a, these are the the regulations for these are covered in the state law called the Pennsylvania Municipalities Planning Code. It's the same law that covers zoning and subdivision and land development as well as uh, capital improvements, planning, and uh, official maps and some other tools that are implementation tools of these comprehensive plans or these guidebooks. But it also requires that there be intergovernmental cooperative agreements. So once the plan is done, they also create an agreement on how they're going to manage their guidebook or their comprehensive plan and then how that's going to tie into other things they do. Brian, we just have a few minutes left. Give us a give us an invitation to your area. Well, you know, like we said earlier, it's roughly thirty eight percent of Lehigh County. I, I think most people that have been here a while uh, look at northwestern area as the rolling farm hills and uh, uh, and some wooded areas. Some folks might visit places like the game preserve or uh, the go hunting or shooting at the uh, PA game lands up in Low Hill. Visit uh, Leaser Lake maybe hike the Appalachian Trail, which runs through the uh, northern parts of Lynn, Heidelberg, Washington, Sladington. Maybe it take the, uh, the D&L Trail and get off the, the trailhead in Sladington. We are kind of, uh, you know, I always say that the last frontier of the, the valley, it's a place that you can own a few acres of land but still be relatively close to uh, things like grocery stores and hospitals and jobs. People tend to have larger yards out here, you know, a little bit more uh, rural environment. It's a beautiful place, and it's a nice area to visit, and uh, we appreciate all the work that you're doing in keeping the balance in the Lehigh Valley, each one of you. And with that being said, Becky, Matt, and Brian, once again, thank you very much for your time this evening. It's been a very interesting program. You've been listening to Plan Lehigh Valley. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. Have a great evening. WDIY Lehigh Valley Public Radio, your trusted local NPR member station for over 25 years. Many choices, real voices.